Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
guys hear me? Hey, Jane. Hey, what's up, Jen? Was. I think that was actually. Um, don't have anybody in the call yet, so we're about seven minutes in to the recording. We're going to give it a few more minutes, and we'll get some more people in, and uh, we'll get things started. Jim, that's you. Yeah, this is me. I, I I just walked into the hotel, so give me like ten minutes. I'm I'm about to mute though. All right, yeah, no problem. Okay, so I right, Jim, we'll give him a, a few minutes, and uh, Michael, I just got a message from him. He'll be on in a few minutes. So. I'll give you guys a little something right here. Um, I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading out of the Santa Muerte book, The History, Rituals, and the Magic of Our Lady of Death by Tracy Rollins. Um, it says, who is Santa Muerte? Santa Muerte, the holy death, is a folk saint who is believed to be the feminine embodiment of death. Her mild form comes from Mexico, where she is styled as a feminine grim reaper figure. She is awkward. She's often depicted as a skeleton wearing a large robe carrying a scythe. Um, that's pretty much the basic look of Santa Muerte. She would be like the uh, feminine version of the Grim Reaper. And uh, I've been working with her for quite some time. But we're going to give these everybody else a few minutes to log in. And uh, we'll kick it off from there. You guys just stay tuned.
Hmm. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, girl. How you been, man? Hey, man, I can't play. I'm good. I'm tired as fuck. You been enjoying Seiko de Mayo? I'm going to get started as soon as after this be done with this. Hey, yo, I didn't even know today tonight Game of Thrones, man. This is going to be a quick one, huh? Yes, sir, it will be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Was like, yo, I was like, yo, Sunday night Game of Thrones ain't single to model. But it's all good, though. Who else on the line? Um, we got one caller here from Michigan. Mike said he'll be on in a minute, and Shannon's finishing up on his other biggest uh, triad of darkness. Okay. Yeah, I spoke to Shannon earlier today. Um, because I have my times fucked up. Because I'm, I'm on the West Coast right now. I'm like, are we doing 8, are we doing 8 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern? Because I'm like, where's this fitting with Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> so you do that with uh, uh, right yeah. yeah, so I'm like, all right, we're straight. It's like for ourselves. Yeah. Man, if I wasn't uh, having to wake up so early, I probably would have rescheduled the show. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. Oh, I think this is Mike right here. That's you, Mike. What up with it? Hey, what's happening, brother? What's going on, family? Hey, Mike, what up? It's Jones. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? Okay, we get it in. It's getting going. It's going down. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling like, I'm pulling libations right now. Uh, I had mine earlier, so I'm in good shape. <laughs> How everybody doing, man? Doing real good, man. Real good. Enjoying the yeah, magnificent I mean, weather. Yeah. We got great weather over here in the west. Oh, over in my neck of the woods, anyway. Yo, man. When I came in a couple of days ago over here, it was 70 degrees and fucking cold, yo. I'm like, yo, it was... It was warmer in New York than it was over here in L.A. That's ironic. Oh, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> oh, man, that shit was horrible. I was like, yo. Hey, hey you know, I did. One of the first things I learned when I started traveling and going places, uh, I would go, uh, I think one of the first places I heard, I was in Arkansas. This was back in the early 90s. And my family was asking me, uh, man, how come in all the movies, you know, y'all in Southern California, but we always see uh, all you niggas in big puffy jackets. And I say, man, it get cold out here. (laughs) It it, it does, man. It get cold, especially especially where I'm at because we on the water. I'm I'm on the bay. So, you know, uh, it it could, like you said, it could be 70-something degrees and you still need a big jacket on. Yeah, man, I've been kicking me now. It was cloudy, so it's like mid-60s, but it's so good. But uh, I was expecting it to be sunny. Fuck it. <laughs> and nothing like going on vacation and the weather not turning out what you want it to be. Yeah, that's all I got. What y'all been up to, man? Yeah. Man, I ain't been up to my whole lot. Just 
be honestly reaping some of the benefits from some of the work I've been putting in. Mason, and masonry, really. <laughs> That's taken up the majority of my time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Y'all ain't been getting no Illuminati texts lately? <laughs> I, know, I know Mike got one not too long ago. I know I got one like last week. <laughs> Are you for real? I, don't, I haven't gotten them in a long time. A long, I fuck with them. I get on there and start asking them questions and annoy the hell out of them and they kind of leave me alone. Did they ask y'all to download the words app? No. No, I, I never make it that far. Oh, <laughs> they usually tell me to download the WhatsApp and receive like my million dollar benefit and all this other stuff. And I just get on there and just mess with them for as long as I can. I mean, you know, well, they, they, uh, got, they got a website. Damn. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's uh, some dudes I know that fuck around. There's a <laughs> website and. I guess these niggas ain't paying dudes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying dudes. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious, man. Uh, I, I just have fun. I just have fun with it now. I just have fun with it now. Mm-hmm. So, Ajin, uh, I know for sure you work with oh, Holy Death. I work with her too. I just found out yeah. Shannon's been working with her for the last couple of, I think he said something like months. Um, yeah. Mike, you touched on her at all? Or you just uh, like read about I her mean, here and there? What do you know about her? I mean, for me, uh, I've dealt with different aspects of her. I haven't dealt with her. You know, that's why, like I said, once I did start uh, diving in, um, I had made a few connections before I even read about them. You know, uh, a few years back, I was uh, I was heavy into the ass kicking mind. Actually, I was fucking with Quetzalcoatl real tough. And uh, at one point, I had a, a a lucid dream where I was in a like a like an ass kick type coffin. Had I was dead. I had jewel. I had a a different color jewel over each eye. I had a little had a little. Uh, a little collar, I guess you could call it. You know, I was it was a full regalia, and uh, and it was a, a animated skeleton that I was talking with, that was talking to me while I was laying in my little coffin or whatever. And once I started reading, I think I'd hit you about a gene that said, "Man, I'm wondering if it was a connection." And I, I did find somewhere that people are making the connection between uh, Santissima Muerte and. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Nico Nico Olaso, or whatever. But uh, not personally, no. I have I have I have worked with uh, you know, the 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 more common aspects, you know, in terms of you know uh, of death, in terms of Capricorn and and Saturn and shit like that. But that's why I said uh, with this, uh, basically, I got my notepad out. I'm looking to learn. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, I've worked with her a lot. She was the first spirit I ever worked with. And I got a reading done. And somebody told me that I need to tap into her because, uh, you know, I got a heavy Hispanic background. And as soon as uh, I I started working with her, it was an immediate connection. I've been working with her for a while now. And 
I didn't make packs with her and uh, not fell through with them and dealt through a little bit of stuff with that. But the most important thing she did for me was she broke me a fear of death. And uh, I think for a lot of people yeah. getting into like, uh, you know, metaphysics or working with the kind of thought of leaving, you know, religion, death is a real touchy subject. Heaven, hell, you know, going back and forth with that. It was really easy for me to work with her and just kind of eradicate all that that I had, you know, as far as death. And she made it real comfortable for me to get over it. You know what I'm saying? It was working mm-hmm. with death and knowing that it was cool and she had my back no matter what. Uh, my mother, she passed and I was able to utilize Santissima Muerte and that nurturing. She is a real personal spirit for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she sees everything. Death is everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like if you feel like somebody's watching you in that sense, she probably is because anybody mm-hmm. can work with her. She's completely neutral. You know what I'm saying? So for me, mm-hmm. working with I got I tapped into her way before I really started fucking with my ancestors. And then when I started mm-hmm. uh, linking with my ancestors, my link with her got even tighter because, you know, I got the heavy Hispanic background and I got my altars, you know, got some of everybody on it. So, you know, my experience with her is dope. Uh, I carry a bracelet every single day. I got a stone. I carry her, her oil, and I use it. And, and I feel protected, bro. I didn't have warrants out for me. I didn't got pulled over by the police, and they just didn't told me to have a good day. And, I mean, that's that's facts. I mean, she's definitely took care of me on multiple occasions and shit. I've worked with her to get different things, money. I've worked with her to uh, help me out with a lot of stuff. I would suggest anybody work with her because you don't have to really be initiated into much to, you know, get with her. You just really just need to really just kind of do a little bit of work with her, set up a little altar. There you go. Has, uh, can I ask you a quick question, Jake? Yeah. Has she ever came through? Have you ever had to sit down and had uh, a conversation or interaction with her in terms and of meditation or in the dream? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I first started working with her, I, uh, you know, I experiment with psychedelics on like the mushrooms and stuff. And I was sitting in a dark room and she presented herself to me fully, 100%. You know what I'm saying? I knew it exactly what it was. Um, what was What was the rest of the question? Have I ever talked to her? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, have you ever? Because uh, I bring it up because um, I believe it was Samuel or who said it, but he said that you'll always find your great mother. You know, at some point, a lot of people might miss mm-hmm. it, but at some point, uh, somebody's gonna come through for you. It's usually gonna be a feminine figure, and they'll they'll make themselves known. And that's like the first, either the first one you work with, or some like me. For me, it wasn't, uh, like for you, it was Santa Muerte. For me, it was uh, Sirquet. And I still fuck with Sirquet to this day. But I was just curious, just, you know, just for to verify, you know, the experience, because a lot of this stuff that we that we uh, work with, uh, it's all personal. And what you yeah. experience is not what I experience. But I'm always amazed to find out when, uh, when, these, uh, when these energies do come through for somebody. And it kind of, you know, it's, it's a it's a form of confirmation if anybody needed it. Yeah, I've talked to her. Uh, it's funny you ask because I was right when I left Panic's lecture. Uh, what was it last year in May? Um, 
he had talked about the dancing Shiva. He really, 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 really harped on top of how you got to visualize, you know, like, like they're like there, like right there, right there. He made the simplest way he could have made it possible. So the whole ride home, I kind of set up like a mental altar of her. And I set her in the kitchen of my house as a kid. My mom used to sit in there. That's when I said, like, I really was able to work with them together. So I do sometimes go there. And when I meditate into that altar, into the kitchen, because my mental altar, like that safe space is the house I grew up in. You know what I'm saying? And in the kitchen where, where my mom always sat. And I always could go there and talk to her for advice and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's always been a real safe space. Uh, so I teach them a birthday sits there. So, yeah, I've gone in there and talked to her before. And I've asked her to take care of stuff like we're talking right now. Yeah. And I work yeah. with her best when I'm in a shower, believe it or not. <clears throat> when I'm in a shower and I can have the lights off, I really make a lot of, I can damn near visualize her right in front of me talking with her. I have on multiple occasions. Yeah. Okay, I, got, I have another question for both of you guys. Cause I, know, uh, I know our GM, we, we was talking offline, me, you, and uh, GM, we were going back and forth in the message, and you said that you got, uh, you were ceremonial, uh, you are initiated ceremonially. But I want to ask you both a question, and we kind of touched on it. Why is it that you think that Muerte is very popular amongst criminals and shit? Because I'll, I'll go to Django if you'd like to. Well, I, I mean, <coughs> I mean, Gene touched on it kind of earlier. Is you know, when you're dealing with death, you're basically dealing with your own. I guess you could say your own heavenly transition and you kind of cultivate it. And what happens is, is once you get an understanding of what death is, for lack of a better term, that fearlessness kind of goes away. You're kind of cured of it. So the reason why a lot of criminals may be attracted to, to dealing with, you know, dealing with a death guy, and, and pretty much every culture has a death guy. I mean, even when you look at Greeks, you know, you know, their saying yep. is always, it's like, today is a good day to die. You see what I'm saying? It's always just something honorable. But, you know, when you get past the whole fearlessness of what what death is and knowing that this is just a transition, you know, into something else, then, you know, killing, you know, the, the, the art of killing because, you know, what, what you're really dealing with is um, entropy, you know, putrefaction. When you're talking about uh-huh. death, you know what I'm saying? Like that that moment between when you, uh, you know, in the Bible when they say when you give up the ghosts, you know, yeah. when, you, when you really cross from from here to the other side, you know, that, that, that moment, that process, that's Santa Morita, you know what I'm saying? In Egypt, she would be the goddess Nephthys. You know, she's like the, 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 that, that, that person or that God that guides the dead through the world of the living into the world of the dead and vice versa. You see what I'm saying? So it's like when, yeah. you, when, you, when you see how fragile, you know, life and death is, you know, killing a man becomes nothing. You know, especially if you're growing up in, you know, latter-day Brazil or in South America poor and you're just trying to survive. You see what I'm saying? So naturally, you'll yeah. be attracted, you know, to to a death god, you know, hey, for Shannon. lack of better terms. What up? 
Y'all welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. Happy to be on this motherfucker, man. How y'all doing? Doing amazing. Ah, uh, the rogue one. The rogue one. What up, Mike? What's, up? <laughs> What's good, man? Man, you know it. Work, 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 work. You sound crystal clear. You on the phone or the PC? I'm on actually on my phone. You know I'm on my fucking phone. That shit sounds it's super clear, like real clear. Like, yeah, that's dope, bro. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, don't say that shit, man. That shit started up damn unravel on me, though. I'm jinxed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm in All a right. shit, man. Uh, we're just jumping yep. right in on Santa Muerte, bro. Uh, Mike had asked a question, and uh, I, Jim, were you done explaining what you were explaining? Yeah, Mike, did you get what I was saying, or did you need some more clarification? No, it, may, it makes perfect sense. I didn't think about it in that term, but it may, that makes perfect sense. When you, when you live in this life, and like you said, you're walking that race, it only makes sense. And I, I want to say this real quick. When I was younger, and I was in life, uh, I was maybe 15, and I uh, was running from the police. And uh, I had a gun on me, but, you know, I'm like, shit, I ain't throwing my shit, you know. So I'm running, running, I hopped over somebody's patio, tried to slow my breathing down, and I started praying, you know. And I'm just, you know, you know, typical youngster, you know, raised in a Christian household, I'm praying. I'm, I thought I was praying to God, you know, because he make it out of this, man, you know. And I'm praying, praying, and I don't know how much time went by, but obviously the police was gone by. I had one homeboy that... We all swore. I'm talking about we used to talk amongst ourselves and said, man, that dude is death. He's a demon, you know. That dude can do some vicious shit. Well, anyway, I was over at patio doing my best to be quiet. I even slowed my breathing down, and, you know, I didn't want to make no noise. Well, I'm in the middle of saying this prayer, like, man, this is be God. This is all time. Man, my boy looked over at patio, and he said, uh, he said, you know, when we're making them kind of prayers, he said, you know, God's the blessing in prayer. So you think you're praying to? What well, fucked me up to where even right now I can still repeat the message because number one, how did they even know I was praying? You know what I'm saying? But I could have to say that I understand that when you find yourself in these situations, you might think you're appealing or uh, attracting a certain energy, but actually you're working with another. So I could definitely understand. I just like I said, just to do my research, I was seeing how. There's a lot of connections between Santa Monica and 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 uh, the criminal culture, but yeah, you you uh, you gave me uh, like you said, every culture has a death god or a death goddess. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter whether you in the city, in the city, it don't matter you know where you at. Every everyone has one. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. that may perfectly. Santa Monica yeah. also, man, she's known for uh, she don't discriminate for nobody. You know what I'm saying? And she actually would prefer people to be themselves rather than be on some fake shit. So if you are a killer ass, you know, that that's life, man. You know what I'm saying? You come at her for real for protection. She's more or less going to work with you rather than somebody that's just wanting to go to her for, you know, lottery numbers and shit like that, where it may work out for some people. But, you know, if you come at her being 100% true blue, that's what you're about. You know what I'm saying? Chances are, She's going to protect you, and it makes sense why she's uh, utilized so much. I mean, she's growing. Like, I remember hearing about Santa Muerte back 
vaguely when I lived in Texas. Now, I mean, she's everywhere. I see little bumper stickers everywhere here in Michigan. And that's that's a big surprise for me out this way. You know what I'm saying? It's not a Grim Reaper either. You know, you can tell it's she's got an owl. <laughs> I'd be like, damn, the bumper sticker yeah. is it's out here. But uh, something I want to touch on really quick. Shannon, I've seen your video, bro. You said you put one, <laughs> the one you said you put Santa Muerte on your altar with everything else. What kind of experience? Yep. What kind of results have you gotten from that? I mean, I get a lot of results from uh from her energy. You know what I'm saying? But I don't I don't approach her the way 99 percent of people approach her, especially in, like on the coke pad. Like I don't know. Like my approach is not in the book. It's not. It's coming from me. You know what I'm saying? I, don't, I went against all traditions on how to work with this energy, and I went with it with my own volition and my own imagination on how I was gonna utilize this power of this death current. You see what I'm saying? So my whole purpose was in dealing with any concept of the death current. In my eyes, that's an alchemical process. Process of transformation. It's a transformational process, meaning that me yeah. me intermingling with this current is gonna bring about me more power more control more um just just to have that you know what i'm saying just to know the concept of death and how it pervades and encompasses reality as a whole how everything in existence is on the path of dying it's on the slope to entropy you see what i'm saying so like when i'm working with that energy it's it's i can utilize that energy how i see fit but i've done rituals with her and the first one the first time she showed up it was, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was to conjure her, that spirit up, right off my altar, getting into my ritual stance or whatever. And she came face to face with me, right up off her little position in the altar, you know, started off in the smoky mist type of, you know. And she came and looked at me square in the face. You see what I'm saying? Face to face, almost as if she was inside my face. And she showed me every imaginable death that I ever could go through simultaneously. You see what I'm saying? The same thing. I saw all, all of them. the same thing. But then, but then it went to everybody that I love and I cherish, and they did the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Showing me everything. It's like an initiation to see if I was going to respond and react emotionally like a human. You see what I'm saying? I didn't. I don't. I didn't approach her like that. I don't approach her with the the mindset of limitation, like a, a mortal-minded person will. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't approach her peer-to-peer -peer either, like a god. I'm a titan. I stand apart from most people when they what they profess themselves to be. You see what I'm saying? I'm walking, I'm on my own frequency with this. You see what I'm saying? You got a god frequency, you got a titan frequency. That's my mindset. So with her, I'm, it was an energy exchange. I wanted something from her. So I wrote my statement of intent and the ritual, you know what I'm saying? What I planned on doing with my agenda was communicating with, with the spirits themselves. And she relayed back to me what she required and what she wanted. And we got it popping. And it's been, it's been, you know what I'm saying? It's been Candyland ever since. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. been big rituals I did. Big, big rituals I did last night with her. Not just her. Her personification in the Norse mythology, Hella. You see what I'm saying? Is it, I'll do some elaborate type of stuff. So it's not it's not for the faint of heart what I'm doing. You see what I'm saying? I don't just you're not gonna find this in no book. You're not gonna find this buried in no mountain nowhere. This just I just came from my creativity and my imagination on the spot on how I was gonna work with this energy and use it. And this and becoming and embracing that concept of death and embodying it, it changes you. You see what I'm saying? You can't approach this energy from the lens of um with fear, 
you can't think like him. You can't have, you got to remove all your emotional attachments and your cultural um, um, indoctrinations of the fear of death. You're going to have to look at death in the form of an alternative form of being born, so to speak, because that's what it is. It's an alchemical process yeah. of transformation. And it's a gateway to all powers, the gateway back to your godhood, your divinity, so to speak. And it's all about plugging in and remembering and having that access and waking up them dormant cells within your molecular structure, your DNA, activating that melanin that's dead and turning it back on. I'm telling you, it changed everything about you. You know what I'm saying? But that's only, it's just, you're just going to grow more and more comfortable wielding this power. You see what I'm saying? So it's just, like I said, it's been on and popping ever since I started working with her from the aspect of not just not just Los Santissima Muerte, but Hela, the goddess of death within Norse mythology as well. Cause I work with them in conjunction. You see what I'm saying? And it and it works for me. I get I get great results from it. I'm getting results as we speak. You know what I'm saying? The spirits is all around me when it comes to this. You see what I'm saying? I like they get their payoff from this or her specifically is me being enthusiastic and talking about it the way I'm talking about it. You see what I'm saying? And I got what I got out of it. You know what I mean? So I'm here to do my part in delivering what I promised her to get. You see what I'm saying? So this is all about working with this energy, knowing that you embodying this energy, knowing that death is a natural process of creation, you know what I'm saying, destruction. It's not something negative. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to yeah. do what you need to do, whatever ritual setting that you have. And, and I advise coming up with creative ways and measures to implement your own ritual settings, you know what I'm saying? Not listening to what Panic, Bobby Hemmings, or even me say to do. Do what you do and feel is right within the situation. But it comes with you know what I'm saying? Wielding this power comes with a great sense of responsibility and accountability because you got to understand something. Everybody is dying. That's something to be, yeah. that's something to be understood. There's also something to be embraced and, 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 yeah. and, and, and almost, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Look, you got to look at it. You got to change your mindset of how you view that. You know what I mean? Before you even think about doing, um, working with this death current. You see what I'm saying? Because it's not for the faint of heart. Hey, share it. Yeah, I'm here. Right. I want to say to you, 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 you touched on something that I can, I can speak from, from experience. Like I said, I haven't mm -hmm. specifically worked with it, but I say this. I did almost a whole year where every night I went to sleep, I, I assumed the court's pose. I on my back, crossed my arms over my, over my heart. I, I did it every night for mm -hmm. almost a year. And, uh, I had those same experience. Uh, I watched myself die all every way possible. Um, I right. watched all kinds of things happen, kids, and it was a night after night thing. And and what I, because like you said, uh, everybody's dying, and that's the basis of human existence is to ignore that fact. That's the whole. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the foundation of the human experience is eat, drink, and be merry, but nobody wants to say the last part. Because tomorrow we may, tomorrow we die. But I, I found that just, just even meditating on, on your death and just envisioning it, like you said, different ways. But I can say that just going to sleep in the course pro, that's actually when I had, before you got on, I was telling Gene, and I didn't have, I had, uh, in the dream, I was Mike's on some chopping in really bad, bro. Chopping up real bad. Yeah, I started let you know. I thought it was kind of gonna like go in and go out, but it hasn't changed. It's just you're real choppy. You're disconnected. Ready to call? Is this better? Yeah, yep. yeah, you way better. Okay, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Um, uh, in, in, in the experience I had, like I said, uh, 
you know, the advance you work with, you you know, you try to work with as many as possible. And and for me, uh, I'll be honest, lately uh, I've been on it, but not through Santa Muerte. I've been on Baphomet and other other, you know, deities like that. And you just find that a lot of times you find yourself uh, working with what comes to you, you know. But I, I just, you know, I just want to say that you, 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 you touched on that. I'll be honest, that new Hellboy, uh, Gene, you, you mentioned Neptis. Uh, somebody might see something else, but when I watched that new Hellboy, uh, the Blood Queen was Neptis. You know, I said maybe mm-hmm. Sir Kent, I mean, yeah, maybe Sekhmet. You know, because Sekhmet, you know, she deals with the blood also. But the thing she said, and and and, and just the character, you could tell it was the dark side of Isis. It was that opposite polarity. You know, what I'm saying instead of raising up, I'm finna, uh, I'm finna. And but but the but the, the point I wanted to make was, you know, you see these things and they come to you how they come to you. I will be honest. Uh, only reason I didn't jump into Santa Muerte because I'm in the middle of what I'm doing. But I know for a fact. Once I wrap up what I'm doing right now, I'm gonna work with her extensively, you know. And it's just amazing, man. When I hear, you know, anything that get results always get my attention. You know what I'm saying? Always. But I just wanted to speak on that real quick. Yeah, I just wanted to throw in there too. Is like, you know, what, what people gotta understand too is that when you're dealing with your, you know, dealing with your death current or dealing with your which your death experience personified in Santa Maria or whatever, you know, everybody's death is their own. So, you know, it's it's never going to be the same. So, you know, that's why, you know, uh, she's personified in every culture on the planet, you know what I'm saying, and got so many different names. You know, in Game of Thrones, you know, she's called the many-faced God, and, that's, and there's a reason why it's like that, you know, and that's probably why, on the low, why they call her a jealous spirit? Because everybody owns their own death. Everybody's not going to die the same way. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you know when you're dealing with this particular energy, that's probably why she wants to be on the altar by herself. Because it's like, oh nigga, this is this this belongs to you. Yeah, this don't yeah. Belong to nobody else. You. That makes a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm, I'm carrying you through this process. Yeah. 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 And then and then what most don't get either is that death is just a doorway. You know, uh mm-hmm. in, in, in on the tree of life, Da'at, which is the doorway, that same Hebrew uh, uh glyph for Da'at is actually is actually uh the say Da'at, the Hebrew glyph for Da'at also stands for doorway. And a lot of people, you know, the fear of death stems from nobody wanting to stick their head through that doorway. And, and, and most of the power you're going to find is going to come from the dark side. It's going to come from kicking your head through that door before you step all the way through it, you know. And it's something that I found that most people, even on this path, don't want to deal with it till they get close to that time, you know, till they get old and, and bones creaking and, and they realize that the sun is set, you know. And so I just mm-hmm. think... It's in anybody's best interest to peek in, peek in that door, you know, stepping because because that's where all the that's where that's where all the fruit is at. That's where all the goodies is at. Uh, all the mysteries, the mysteries in this life extend beyond death because death only precedes rebirth. You know what I'm saying? So and, and like mm-hmm. you had said earlier too, I did. It's about putrefaction and entropy. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and putrefaction is just the same thing as a motherfucking peach falling off a tree 
and 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 turning it and rotten and turning the compost, and then that peach pit actually grows and becomes a full tree. You know, it's a, it's a continual process. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. But I, you actually answered my question. I was going to ask the question of why do, do, does everybody saying that she's a jealous entity? And you just answered it, and that made perfect sense because your death is your death, and that's between you and her. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so y'all want to talk about the y'all want to talk about the science and end game? Do y'all have any? Uh, ways with this man. This is I say this. I I go. I talk about this because I mean I enjoy the movie. I'm a the movie, but the the nuts and bolts of it was. And studying the last couple of months and studying extensively about neuroplasticity in the brain and the, and the mimetic thought form structures of introducing ideas as forms of parasites or viruses that lie dormant within the subconscious mind that is expedited and fueled by neurocinematics through movies and shit like that. What they've introduced basically in a nutshell was through quantum tunneling, how to avoid the inevitability of entropy or death that Thanos uh, symbolized in the movie. What he represents is what we are here in matter, basically. We are mm-hmm. Thanos. The snap, the decision mm-hmm. to be made to be done with this simulation, so to speak, or this reality is with matter deteriorating at an accelerated rate that I don't know if anybody really studying that, what the what the implications of what that means, but that's happening. So they're trying to find out ways to avoid the inevitable. Thanos is inevitable. You see what I'm saying? Death is inevitable. You see what I'm saying? That's why he went with the concept like, I'm just going to wipe out everything and recreate it anew on, on the blood of those who've fallen before. That's just, you know what I'm saying? That's how this shit was built. That's how we yeah. did this. That's how we created all this anyway. You see what I'm saying? So well, that whole well, concept, I thought it was very interesting that they brought it up because, but they brought it up as an idea. And, and it embeds within the subconscious mind and it takes root like a virus or a parasite and it, and it grows based on them introducing that idea and us people watching it and generating the idea or possibility of that being manifest in reality, so to speak, as a, uh, as a gateway for them to, you know what I'm saying, try to do, you know what I mean, through, through CERN or whatever D-Wave mechanism where they talk about going in parallel realities and drawing resources from that parallel reality to affect this one, that's a real science. Now they got the technological means to maybe be able to do that. We have the natural means of being able to do that within our subconscious mind anyway. It's just that machine is a is a uh, carbon copy or a version of your subconscious mind basically. But by introducing that idea gives it life, gives it legs, in the more look, it, that movie got two hundred. It's two billion dollars it made already. You see what I'm saying? Well, that movie. Well, you see what I'm saying? That movie impacted yeah. a lot of people in a certain way. And that and, and how that that fuel that they generate from people watching the people going into well, the I, I, subconscious mind from cinematics will give them a possibility, so to speak, for them to do in real life. Well, just adding on to that, I mean, just the simple fact that if anybody really watches, you know, read the comics and understands Thanos, just tying it into the lecture, the nigga's infatuated with Santa Marita. He's infatuated with Lady Death. Right. Like, his whole purpose is, yeah, that's his woman. So technically, like like Shannon is saying, is like niggas are supposed to be thinking like Thanos and shit. You know what I'm saying? Constantly 
you know, creating and destroying. Entropy, entropy and centropy at the same time. You know, that type of mind. Yep. That's why they call him the Mad Titan. That's why Shannon's the Road Titan. You know, because right. they carry that mind state. You know what I'm saying? But they, and, 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 and that, that, that particular death current or that electrical, you know, current that they're dealing with is this, this personification of what you call death or maybe death or, or, or whatever you want to call it, whatever culture, you know. Now, and, and yeah, just like his quote, just uh, listening to what Thanos was saying, like, look, you, this led you right back to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, you, you couldn't accept your own failure. You got to understand something. They talking about, I'm just be real. I don't give a fuck who listening. They talking about the power that be not being able to accept their own and their own failure. Basically, they dying off. You know what I mean? I keep talking about this and I'm going to keep hampering on it because it's, people don't realize how how they on the verge of a fucking extinction and what that means and the implications of what that entails and going into the future on how they gonna, how this world going to operate. You see what I'm saying? And they going through all kind of methods and trying to you know what I'm saying? Back, back, you do reverse technology to uh, go back in time, change something. You know what I'm saying? Because we can do that. We can go back in time and change shit within our mind and that'll affect the op- effect right now. They try by, by trying to stave off the inevitability of them being going extinct. That's what they doing. I'm telling you, that's what the fuck they do. They slick. Yeah. They... Can, can I say something real quick? Or Please, go ahead. Hey, I'm going to say this, Shannon. You on point. Yeah. But you got to. Okay, I want to say this. I watched the movie through a different lens on purpose. When I went, when I went to the theater, I, I watched it at the theater. When I went to go watch it, I told myself that I'm a 10-year-old that has watched all these movies for the last 10 years, and I'm now 20. Right? And and I, 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 the first obvious thing in terms of, of, of the Hollywood ritual the first obvious thing I noticed, man, they crushed them 20-somethings, those 18-year-olds. Those, they crushed their spirit because I said that. I'm going to get back to the point about what Shannon was saying. But first I want to say that that whole end game, you got to imagine that there, were, there are kids who were 8, 10, watched these movies, and then they got to watch – all of their heroes. I mean, it's kids that every Halloween for the last 10 years been a different Marvel character, right? And that movie showed, that movie showed their heroes with PTSD, depressed as a motherfucker, giving up on all their dreams and go, you know what I'm saying? I mean, literally. So in terms of, of, of the ritual, that's the, that, that was the immediate impact. And I'm going to say this. I went in the movie with my son. My son is 12. I went in the movie with that, with that mindset, and I ain't going to lie. I felt like one of them actors that, that, that in the role, and they don't know how to get out of the role. Because when I left there, I was almost mentally fucked up. Because I set my intent, and I said, I'm going to be a, uh, I told myself I'm 10, I was 10 years old when this series started, and now I'm 20. And, man, the whole impact I got from that was, your heroes die, you're not going to be a hero. Now shut the fuck up and get a job and have no more dreams. But I want to say this, too, about what Shannon said in terms of the inevitability of this system and its structure. You notice that Captain America went back and chose a different path, basically to die an old-ass man, but 
the inevitability was shown in the fact that Thor handed Thor handed Asgard over to who? A black woman. Black woman. Who did Captain America? Who did Captain America hand the shield to? A black man. Black man. Who was the oh, first man. one to come through the portal to come yep. save the day? It was Black Panther and his sister, and uh, I forget the ball chick's name. But Akoya. I that in the movie too. Akoya. Akoya. Yeah. yeah. So it's showing, by... it's showing. It's showing the clear passing of the torch. However, you got to mm-hmm. figure the the image of Black Falcon is clearly on some. He might as well be Stephen from Mother and Django. No, I'm saying I'm trying to terms of ritual. In terms of ritual, he's Stephen. He's Stephen. He's Stephen from Django. Because yeah, whatever happened, yeah. to, whatever happened to Ken, whatever happened to his boss, happened to him. And and, right. and and Black Falcon said that several times. If somebody's shooting at you, they're shooting at me. So him, more so the black male figure in this that was handed America, he's he might as well be Boulay, right? But the black woman, the black woman who was given godhood, who was put in charge of the gods, she was a rebel. You know what I'm saying? I forget her name, but uh, uh, the Valkyrie. Yeah, she was a Valkyrie. I forget her name Mm -hmm. in the the series, but but she was a rebel. You know, she fucked her ass up in Ragnarok. But just the point I'm making, I watched it through first. The first lens was if I was 10 years old, and I watched this end game, man, that shit was morally crushing. If you were if you were like a twenty something, if you started watching this at ten or fourteen and now you're twenty four, it it, it 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 the ritual was complete. Even though it wrapped up and, you know, a few key characters died or whatever, but I saw it through that lens, but I also saw the the side where America was handed essentially to the black man and the black woman. I also saw mental time travel. You know, I, I saw that. I saw, I saw, like you said, Shannon, they introduced the concept, and I'm not sure if most most got it. You know, but uh, they they definitely introduced the concept of mental time travel that you can go back and alter your present. By you can alter your present by going back mentally to your past, and that's what it was because it was so many plot holes. Everybody I've talked to has said, "Man, well." What happened to Loki? Loki took the Tesseract and he disappeared with it, you know. But uh, but Captain America went back and supposedly fixed that. But we also know that Loki has his own show. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear in the new Loki TV show that he dipped off with the Tesseract and that's how he got to wherever, what the fuck he's up to. But that's it. For me, that's it. That's it. You know, it's that's not why the movie up at all. It's me. It irritated me right. because how are you going to introduce time travel? You can go back in time and and change events, and it changes the future. But then they said you can go back in time, change something, and then there's just a whole new existence based off of what happened when you went back in time. It's like you created a whole new reality. Well, but see, I think what, what you're getting into is the. I think what they're really getting into is this parallel. Parallel multi universes uh-huh. and the whole kind of thing. You see what I'm saying? Like me personally, like I'm I'm more per. You know, I like the concept of Terminator and Back to the Future, but I like how Marvel uses it because it leaves it open for just an infinite amount of alternate realities. So technically, yep. how all four of us are talking on the phone right now is probably infinite in the number of Gene Shannon's 
mics and our gens in different parallel universities doing different shit. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yep. it's really because for me, when I looked at it, because I'm more or less on some like I, I'm kind of like on some like more a linear time travel thing. Like I'm more like on it like how Terminator is or like how Back to the Future is. So when I saw Nebula kill herself, I'm expecting present day Nebula to disintegrate because technically she don't exist no more. You see what I'm saying? Whereas Marvel is a little different where they're like, no, she's just, her alternate reality doesn't change. It's just she's just existing in another one and kind of just, she just dies there. You know? Hey, IG. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to cut you off. I want to say something. But it kind of made me think to back to uh, Infinity's Wars where Thanos runs into Tony Stark and he knows Tony off the jump, like, oh, Stark. And Tony's looking at him like, nigga, how you know me? You know, so it's like, oh, I probably, he probably knows this nigga from a different, different alternate reality, you know. But mm-hmm. they just introducing it now in, 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 in this movie. But anyway, that's my hey, own I want to say this, and I'm directing to uh, something I just said. If you notice... They spent about 10 minutes of screen time destroying everybody's concept of time travel. They destroyed it. It's not back to the future. It's not, it's basically what they were saying was get ready for something you've never been introduced to. And then if you remember, the Hulk said when you go to the past, your present be, the when you go to the past, your future becomes your past, and your present becomes your future. So they basically yeah. they basically went back. What, what Marvel did was they erased everybody's concept of time travel because, like you said, we all had the concept in mind of back to the future. However, the time travel they're talking about is Terminator time travel. Uh, you can go back. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever. The future might remain the same, but be a little different, and that's what they did. I kind of appreciate the fact that they they did they did their best to wipe out everybody's idea of what tr- time travel consists of. You can go back and interact with your past self; it don't matter. It ain't gonna you know it ain't gonna destroy the universe. It ain't gonna cause uh, quantum particles to collide and explode. So I actually appreciate that fact because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. You can go yeah. you can go back to the you can go back to the same memory every night, every day in meditation, change a little something, and still experience something different in your current in your current reality. So, I, and and that's it. And and for me, for me, Terminator is the best example of time travel for me. It is. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Me too. It, yeah. It's the best. And, and and all of these issues with all these concepts of time travel, believe it or not it ties into the Christian mythos because the Christ, the Christ myth has a lot of what ifs in it. You know, Jesus has a bunch of missing years. Uh, you know, it's always, it's a lot of what, that's how we get all these uh, alternate realities of Jesus Christ. Some people say, I think it's the Mormons that say during Jesus missing years, he came to the Americas. Right. And, and, and for me, that's, that's why I like, uh, Terminator best because John Connor was Jesus Christ. 
and that that went over a lot of people's head, but it was it was basically showing that whole mythos in a what if scenario. You know what I'm saying? So we got somebody I, jumping I just, in from the nine oh eight. Who is that from the nine oh eight? I am muted. It's me. It's me, Elisheva. Oh hey, Hi, it's the star. How you doing? Hello, hello. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good. I'm just listening for right now. Um, I'll jump in when I got something good to say. Man, right, do that. No problem. No problem. <laughs> we, we finally got a lady on we, the show. Yeah, I was going to say we need a heavy dose, a heavy sprinkling of what you got to say, so feel free to jump in. This is this is Mike Bell speaking. Oh, I know, I know. You you got me hyped. <laughs> I called in. I got I called in because you got me hyped because you you started talking about about Valkyrie and you and and you noticed that whole thing with Valkyrie and how um, Thor basically gave her the the kingdom. Um, and then also that thing about Falcon. So I got excited to call in for that because I know oh, that too. Yeah, I was watching that because I, I watched it specifically from, like, the feminine aspect, you know what I mean, because that's just kind of my shit right now. And um, I didn't go to the theaters to watch it. I watched that shit bootleg at home, which is a good thing because I was losing my mind as a fangirl, you know. But when I saw that one part, I was like, oh, I see what y'all doing. You know, y'all, y'all, know, y'all know what's up. And then, yeah, you know, at yeah, the end, yeah. when they, all the girls kind of grabbed the gauntlet and went, you know, they definitely made a, a fact to show all the women had a... Uh, definitely. Food. And that was a big yeah. part. Yeah, is it the okay scene? that that shit was lame to me? I'm sorry. That was so lame to me. It made me so angry. I was like, that was so corny. And they did the same thing in Captain Marvel, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I didn't like that. Really. It, was too, it, was too, it was too on the nose and too obvious to me. It was too. It was too in your face. That's what. That's what I want to say. I, I, the only problem with that, and it's been in a lot of movies, is they're making it too obvious. You know, what I'm saying yeah. we don't make it. Yeah. We don't make it obvious when a, when a dude saves the day, but we're gonna make it stand out when a woman saves the day. That was the only problem I had with it. And, and to be honest, Bobby Hemick foretold this over twenty years ago. It's all about the feminine, and that's what we're getting right now. That's what we're getting is, when, if you watch a lot of these movies, you'll see that it's the feminine energy that's actually saving the day. But the only problem I got with it is Hollywood is still, like, mushing your face in it when it should be more sublime and more subtle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, even with, and even with the Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel was an all right movie. It wasn't great. And it wasn't great because they, like, mushed your face in it. Yeah. And it should have been uh, it should have been a lot more subtle, and and the subtle the subtle aspect is the only thing that appeals to your subconscious. The the in your face is dealing with your conscious mind, and consciously, yeah. you know, it's just it, it, it it's hard to digest. It, it makes it ingenuine. It doesn't seem like you know what I'm saying. So I feel you, and I caught that, and I just said to myself, well, hopefully these twenty somethings that went over their head, hopefully these babies that watched it. It just embedded in their subconscious, and it'll work that way. But it's definitely, it's definitely leaning towards the feminine, and and there's nothing wrong with it. I just wish they would be better at doing it, you know. You know, because I feel like when you do it so obviously like that, that you sort of, it's like you're insulting somebody's intelligence, right? And so there's yep. already going to be yep. a pushback about the feminine energy anyway. Like people feel some kind of way about that. So when you're real obvious, then that's why you have these online forums where you have all these. I call them fanboys who who get who who have a problem with um, 
with uh, Captain Marvel and characters like that because they feel like it's a, a, a gimme character, like a, so, a social justice type character. And so I, I agree yeah. with you. If it's more subtle, then it'll be a bit more respected, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, not creative enough to implement that to impact the subconscious mind because a lot of the people, a lot of the writers and directors have a, a political stance and agenda and they're very rigid and left brain in their approach and the way they display it on screen. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's I, hey, and true. go ahead. Now, I want to say this, Shannon. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, the one, the one Marvel movie where they got it right, in my opinion, was Black Panther. Because Black Panther started off with Okoye sitting in a yoga stance and she was navigating the ship. The Black Panther uh, was actually it was actually centered what, around that feminine energy. It was centered around what? Okoye, Shuri, you know what I'm saying, Niobe. Mm-hmm. It was centered around them. And actually they the reason why he got raised from the dead. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so right. uh they did a better job of making it subliminal because everybody left Black Panther talking about Killmonger, but nobody yep. realized that. It, yep, it was his general. It was a Koye that was telling man up. Don't freeze up yeah. when you see her down, you know. So I think Black Panther did a better job of, of yeah, being but you know why? subtle with it. Because they put exactly. the at, in the prominent place. That's why they was able to do that shit. And it's directed yeah, by... by the forefront. Exactly. I said the reason why they did a better job with that, I feel, is because they they had blackness in the prominent, you know, obvious place. Uh, two, two on the nose, you know what I mean? And so that okay, was able okay. to take a back seat in, in yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was it was it was hands on uh Kugler, I forget his first name, had he was had a hands on approach where uh Marvel executives like Kevin Feige allowed him one hundred percent sovereignty control over the project and uh you will yeah. see that's why you saw the way they did it i mean it was excellent in the way they directed the movie and the subtleties and how they implemented the energies and working with the feminine energy and it was done in the correct way because we handled it you know what i'm saying but when you allow them to handle it and they you know what i'm saying like in captain marvel or other pictures like that it's going to come across as cliche and and corny you know what i'm saying it's too in your face you know what i mean so yep. i mean it's mm-hmm. obvious it's going to jump out as experiences because we've all watching it from an occult perspective anyway. It's nothing that's gonna go over our head, so to speak. So I mean they're very clumsy with their approach, but that's what I expect them to be because they they have a they kept a left brain approach into how they put it on screen. Where are Jen? Jen gone? Where did that nigga go? Game of Thrones. Can y'all hear the, can y'all hear this ring? Yeah, hold on. Give me a second, y'all. Hold up. All right, no, I'm good. Sorry. Did somebody just say Game of Thrones is starting? Yeah, it started 13 minutes ago. 30 seconds, and I'm not gonna go. (laughs) (laughs) So what? You about to? We about to lose people because of that? I don't think so. I got probably. I have to, so, I, yeah, I watch if y'all want to see a, uh, a Santa Marete uh, devotee, watch Arya start. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Hey, straight up. Straight up, Arya start. Yeah, I agree. He's a straight devotee, uh, Santa Marete. And then what's even funny, 
because I, I went back and started watching earlier episodes, and before she even got down with the with the faceless men, um, she she was talking to old boy with the one eye, the the, the guy who worshipped the Lord of Lights, and he was like, "Yo, the one the true God is the Lord of Lights." And then she's like, "Well, I don't believe in him." And then he was like, "Well, who do you believe in?" Who she's like, "The one the true God is death, straight up." Uh, before she even oh, got wow. with the faceless men, you know. And and to see where she's at now, you know, um, just speaks to 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 the influence that you know death has on cultures in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She perfected her skills. She's a master at her craft. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm so behind uh, on Game of Thrones. The, like, I, I, you know what? I got I gotta say this. I'm probably the oldest. I'm probably the oldest motherfucker on this on this line right now, and <laughs> and I got I gotta say this. I was I was a book reader. You know, if you go back to the '90s, we didn't have the cinematography that was giving us the this level of mythology. Well, in the '90s, I was reading R.R. Martin shit. I was reading. I, w- I was getting. I was getting his. You know, the dude that wrote the Game of Thrones series, George R. R. Martin. He releases a book every six to ten years. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He he ain't one of them writers that give you a book every year. So the Game of Thrones series. I was telling you this, Algin. The Game of Thrones series actually, if you love the series, read the books because the in book the books, dope. the books is dope. First of all. He was one of the first uh, authors I ever read that he would kill off his main characters within the first 30 pages of the book. And most people don't do that. And, and so the whole, the whole series centered around death. Because who would have thought that Ned Starks was going to die out the motherfucking gate? Ned, Ned was the motherfucking man. But in keeping with our theme of Santa Muerte, the whole theme of winter is coming revolves around death. That was the whole, you know, in, in the book, everybody got it. You know, the, uh, the mom, Caitlin, they didn't do it in the, in the TV series, but in the book, when she got killed at the Red Wedding, in the book, she became uh, not a zombie, but like a lich. She was, she, she, she died, and I forget, uh, I forget the name of the little, the little band that was uh, like Robin Hood in, in the in the forest. They the little uh, the little red the priest. He was a priest for the Red Queen. He brought her back. She was living dead and she was killing shit. She was basically a Santa Muerte. But I'm just saying, I have to say that uh, we can we can again made a perfect tie-in with Game of Thrones because that whole series revolved around death. And, and most don't know the the Night King. He wanted Bran because Bran represented memory. The Three-Eyed Raven mm-hmm. gave, Bran, gave Bran access to all memory. Now, if you tie memory into all of what we're talking about, memory is nothing but melanin. DNA, so yeah. it's DNA. Memory, and we talk about genetic memory. We're talking about you know, even personal memory, but more so genetic memory. So you look at the series – and you say the whole goal of death, which was the Night King, was to get rid of Bran. Because once you erase genetic memory, like Thanos, 
I can start all over, and nobody going to remember none of this shit that you're fighting so hard to protect. So, you know, um, I just think that Game of Thrones is an awesome tie-in to, to the whole topic of the series, and even even that we went to Endgame, because Endgame also, like we said, most didn't realize it, but Endgame was, was the uh, American way or just humanity trying to stave off death. You know what? Noah fucked me up. I want to say I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna stop talking. Uh, it was Don't a point in Endgame. Hey, yeah, you know me. But it was a point. <laughs> it was a point in Endgame where Captain America was talking to the Black Widow, and she was all depressed. And he said, "Guess what? I saw my way here." He said, "I saw whales in the Hudson," and she said, "Whales?" He said, "Yeah, less people, less pollution. We got whales in the Hudson now." Now you would think from these save the planet. We fighting uh, global warming, motherfuckers. That would be a plus. We have less people on the planet. There's less pollution. No. We want everybody back and get shit back the way it is, where the Hudson is the filthiest shit on earth, and ain't no whales coming out of the fucking Hudson. So that, that right there stood out to him because he actually made a valid point. Since the snap, we now have whales in the Hudson. It's not as polluted. So, you know, that just goes to show that actually in this idea of having 7 billion people on the planet and, you know, wanting to keep it at 7 billion is, is actually counterintuitive. You know what I'm saying? It goes against, like, like, like you're saying, less, pollute, less people. And it, it actually puts it into perspective shit like the Georgia Guidestones that says, shit, 90% of the planet needs to be eradicated. And people hear that. And they think, oh, that's horrible. That's evil. That's Illuminati. But when in, in reality, them that ninety percent that got xed out, they ain't went nowhere. They're just in the fucking spirit. But that's all I wanted to say for right now. You know what? And what you just said. So a whale is an underwater creature, right? And so that's a reference to the subconscious, I would say. And so what I got from what you just said was that when that humanity is checked in that way, then the subconscious can flourish. Um, that's that's automatically what I got in my mind when you said that. Yep. I agree 100%. Hmm. I agree 100%. That dense dog. (laughs) I think he couldn't take it anymore. I know I'm over here biting my teeth too. Uh, Nothing. I think I dense gone. Shannon, you still there? Oh, I did. Yeah, I'm there. You say you're still here. I can hear Shannon. No, I just uh, yeah, That's all good. Uh, I did watch Game of Thrones. I did watch Game of Thrones. I'm watching it too. I'm just I, I got it like <laughs> my desk. <laughs> well, uh, LC, <laughs> you haven't done any kind of uh, work with the Death Current, have you? Uh, as far as with any uh, Death deities. I mean. I do shit so unorthodox, and, and the way I work is whoever come through and come see me is who I work with, you know what I mean? And um, and that usually happens in my dreams or whatever. And so Santa Muerte I worked with a little bit, um, maybe like last year, but I, I do readings, right, rune readings, tower readings, and uh, in the past couple, like in the past month and a half maybe, and really in the past week, every time I do a reading for myself, like the death card, or a death rune will come up. And so I know from my own personal experience that I'm going through a transition. So in terms of death in that way, the life transitions, 
I'm familiar with it in that way, and I work with it in, in terms of that. Um, not so much the physical death, you know what I mean? Not that I fear it, but it's really been coming up for me in terms of having to reinvent myself, having to be reborn. Um, and they keep telling me I need to be reborn, and I'm like, <laughs> but what exactly do you mean by be reborn? You know, because I think I do that every day. Um, so in that sense, I work with, with the death current, if that's what y'all calling it. That's how I work with it. I will say this. Is that working with this energy, this current, it changes you. Changes you in ways that you would never thought. You know what I'm saying? It it it, it expands your um unlimited potential of what what's possible to accomplish with the um, you know what I'm saying, what you control or what you dictate your subconscious mind with, how you program it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. It oh, takes shit. the fear out of you. Once you don't have any fear, that holds you back. The death current wipes all fear out of you. It should. I mean, if you work with it the, the properly, I mean, I can't mm -hmm. even say properly. If you just work yeah, with the death current, it'll fade hey. that fear out of you completely. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Hey, to, to be honest with y'all, it's really, you really dealing with an aspect of colleagues. So if you really if you work with Kali Kali Ma and Pantheon, you are really dealing with an aspect of Santa Moretta. You know, so it's like when you doing mm -hmm. if you ever notice like if you ever do Kali's Pujas, yo, and you be, you just automatically just start going through shit, yo. Life start kicking you in your ass, yo. And that's really just your mother kicking you in your ass. This is what straight up, like look. You know, and then when you like, you know, because I went through the through, through, through the Congo rights with the shit, so it's like, you know, when you dealing with her, it's kind of like that type of energy where you, you kind of get humbled to the point where you understand that life for what it is is short. So it's like when you see these, like, see her venerated with the globe in her hand and things like that. It's it's really the understanding that death touches everything. You know what I'm saying? Not waste your time bullshitting and monkeying around, not doing shit with your human life. So when niggas come to me and talk about that just fuck humanity shit and 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 coming to me talk talk thinking agnostic with it, it you know, it, it really makes me understand that they don't really have a general understanding of how how how, how this thing actually works. You know, because entropy is synonymous with centropy, you know. You know, and, and you got to get that kind of understanding. But, you know, working with it, I think, you know, everybody in some type of form, shape, or way should be working with their own death experience, at least type of cultivating it, you know, because I know when she came to me, you know, she showed me every possible way that I could die, and I made a choice. I was like, I want to go mm -hmm. out this way. So I know how I'm going now. You know what I'm saying? But people don't really... They kind of waste they 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 human life, not not trying to get to know these things because they have no understanding of what death is. They have this religious mind state of what death is actually. Mhm. Mm Very well now, said. Now, would you guys huh? say would you guys say that that Shiva is uh is also a death deity? Can be. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he can be. He, you I know, because when Shiva does his Tandava, when Shiva does his Tandava dance, that's that's Shiva in destruction. You know, when you're talking about Shiva, you know, on a metaphysical level, you're talking about the the the, the whole creation process. That's that's the the crash in the atoms. That's destruction in itself. 
mm-hmm. know, so you hear the mythology of, of Shiva's dance and his Tandava. That's what that is. That's that's destruction. That's that's motion. That's that's the creation of motion and 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 and, and, and matter coming into existence. You know, through the crash of the atoms. You know, so through yeah. destruction and putrefaction, you get this whole creation concept through Shiva. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shiva, Shiva's whole concept. He ain't called Shiva the destroyer for nothing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, and if you look at it, Shiva, in, in the mythology, Shiva was cool. He was chilling. You know, he had, he, he had his Shakti. He had his main things. When she died, he went stupid. Matter of fact, they had to, all the gods had to get together and calm Shiva down because he was going to end existence. That made Shiva into a Thanos-type character. You know what I'm saying? So without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and the main thing about it is we won't, I ain't going to say we, but I'll say in terms of this 3D reality, we want to see Shiva sitting down on top of that, uh, that tiger skin rug because when he's standing up and dancing, that means it's over. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good fucking point. Yeah, Shiva, Shiva shit, don't play. I fuck with Shiva hard. Nah, Shiva, 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 Shiva. Energy, this should change your whole perspective. Like for me, I just feel like I'm I'm transforming every second of every day. I'm going through a transformation of death and rebirth process, and this and I love it. And this and this all encompassing. And it's like once you once unlock this and let this energy flow through you and let it encompass everything that you're doing as far as your work and as, as your magic you can't turn it you don't want to turn it off because it's mm-hmm. a it's a very satisfying feeling that you get when you're working with this energy and knowing that it's so unlimited it has so much potential you see what i'm saying and that's that's how i work with it and that's why i, I highly advise anybody that if they're taking that walk if they opening up the gateway of death and working with that current you better be, you better not be no bitch. You better, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for, this is not for mortal beings to be fucking around with. You see what I'm saying? You got to be of a certain frequency, a certain mindset must be established beforehand, before you open up that door. Because once you open it, ain't no closing that motherfucker. You see what I'm saying? And you got to be very comfortable with communicating with spirits, like straight up in your face, nigga, what's up? You gotta be able to communicate. You gotta be able to be comfortable with that shit. Your mindset gotta be. You can't be thinking like a human. You gotta be like what you are. You know what I'm saying? Not what you appear to be for people to see you. You know what I'm saying? Within your existence, I will say that. So, so when we talking about holy death and we're talking about this death current, we're not just talking about like facing your own physical death. We're we're talking about the little deaths that people experience throughout their lives as well, right? Yes. I think it's both. All that plays. All of it. That touches everything. So even when you sleep at night, that's a form of death in so many different yep. ways. And so you're touching mm-hmm. it every single day in every aspect, even napping or Everywhere I look. wouldn't say daydreaming, but you know what I'm saying? Like I was going to say, uh, you probably working with the uh, death current, you probably could tie that in with dream work too. In some yeah. Ways, oh, wow. Of course. Hey, go hand in that's what I was saying earlier, Gene. When when I was doing my when I was knee deep in my dream studies, I I mostly experienced death. And now uh, I want to tie it into something that I told Gene. Um, 
in my studies, I, I'm, I'm right now. Michael, Michael, real quick, you, real quick, you said earlier, not to cut you off, but I wanted to say this because I just remembered. You said that for a year straight, you slept in that corpse pose. Yep. Right, and that would be like the Osiris pose, kind of right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. I slept. I exactly. slept in that shit when I was a kid. I didn't even realize I was doing it, and it was it was more comfortable for me. So when I would go to sleep, I would put myself in that shit, and I was like, "What's wrong with me?" So, so I was <laughs> tapping into that shit even when I was a kid. But please continue. I'm sorry about that. No, you made a perfect point. But what, what I wanted to say was, this was something that I think me, Gene, and I, Jen was talking about in the message on Facebook message. Um, I was reading a book. Uh, by Lee Austin, uh, uh, morning morning tales for the morning stars. It's a it's a fictional book where a guy he wrote the book from the perspective of of Lucifer talking to a human. But while I was reading mm-hmm. the book, first first thirty pages he, he made a statement that a third of the angels. Because the, the the point he's talking about is with the fallen angels, not the fall of Lucifer, but the 200 watchers in the Bible. I'm talking Bible talk now. The 200 watchers that descended upon Mount Hermon to watch humanity, and then they made a pact and said, hey, forget God. We're going to get with humanity. We're going to have babies. We're going to eat, drink, and be merry. Well, I was reading it, and it said that a third of humanity – I mean, a third of the uh, a third of the heavenly host fell to fell to earth from the third heaven, and, and my mind instantly made a connection that wait a second. No matter how old you live, you spend one third of your life in the dream. So I was just blown away because that's an automatic connection. Those fallen angels, that one third of fallen angels fell to earth, but yet you spend one-third of your life asleep, and, and it just, that I mean, I don't know if I'm conveying it right, but I hope so that, what, that y'all... So that would be us then? you saying that would, that would be, be us? Then? That would be the one-third, so that would make, that would make, like you said, during a dream, that would make the one-third that we spend asleep, that's the real. That's universe B. The two-thirds we spend awake, that's universe A. So... For me, reading that one statement alone, it just it just blew my mind. Is that why they would say when you'd be daydreaming, you was uh you're in your right mind? Because technically, exactly. I mean, and daydreaming is the closest yeah. you can get to. Yes, okay. and that's also Gene. That's also why when you would be in school, and they caught you daydreaming, they would do something, slap something loud. Hey, hey, hey no daydreaming, because the, the goal the the goal is. To raise that one third back up to the two thirds. The goal, like, like, okay, Necronomicon reference. The goal is to raise up Relaya, to 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 see Cthulhu rise, and you put your one third back with the two thirds. And and I'm gonna say this. I want to tie this in. Once I made that 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 understanding of the fallen angels, the one third of the uh, the heavenly host falling to earth. What I started doing, and I've been doing this for about two weeks now, um, during the day, whenever I feel the temptation to do some negative speak in my head or to complain to myself, 
I started talking to my ancestors. I talked to my mom, my pops, my uncle, whoever. And I'll be honest, I was uh, IGN had gave me an incredible link to possibly 40 of uh, Rudolf Steiner's uh, lectures. So I was listening to one of Rudolf Steiner's lectures on uh, death and and dealing with the spirit world. And so what I started doing was whenever I caught myself complaining to myself, I would stop and start talking to an ancestor. I'm going to say this. Just from, just from creating this habit, you don't know how strongly my ancestors have started coming through to where at one point I was complaining to myself about something in my life, and I saw my father. I saw my father, which I'm going to say this real quick. My father is an aspect of Papa Legba. So I saw my father <laughs> looking like okay. Papa Legba, and he sat down next to me and put his arm over me. Well, at the time, <laughs> me and my son were chilling. Me and my son was chilling at the marina just looking at the water. So my son, he's autistic. I don't have to put too much attention to him. He do he does his own thing. So I had my eyes closed. I was talking to my pops. Man, when I saw my father sit down next to me, my son wrapped his arm around my neck, and I kind of jumped because mm. I had my I had my eyes closed, and basically I was in meditation. Man, my son he wrapped his arm around my neck, and he said, "I love you, Dad. You know that, right?" And I said to myself, "Oh shit, that was my pops." Yeah. That was a, a full. That was a full manifestation. I mean, because normally, I joke about it with my son and my wife and everybody. But my son, he he likes Stevie Wonder. He just rock his head back and forth, and he don't pay nobody no attention. So me sitting with him is the closest thing I can get to being alone. But at that moment, I was talking to my pops and I was explaining to him what I was going through. And I saw him sit down next to me, and I when I felt when I, when I saw him wrap his arm around me at the exact same time, I felt yep. I felt the presence. So I opened my eyes up and looked. It was my son. I love you, Dad. No, no, take that back. What he said was, "You nice, Dad," and it fucked me up. And I told him, "Hey, you nicer, man. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you." So the just the point I want to make is that. Um, when we're dealing with these energies, you'll be amazed. And I want to get this out as a tip because uh, I do have the bad habit of a lot of negative self-talk. When I kick myself and ask me, you should have did this, you should have did that, you should have did this. And by me replacing that negative talk with whenever I catch myself negative talking, I start talking to somebody. And and I, I can say that over the last two to it's been it's been longer than two weeks. Whenever I start that conversation, man, they are right here in front of my face. So we're talking about death. We're talking about Santa Muerte. And a lot of people wonder how to make contact because like Gene said, and it was the same for me, before I worked with my ancestors, I had deities come through. And then I found out later, man, you're not supposed to work with deities. You're supposed to work with your ancestors first. But the thing about it, what you got to realize is a lot of the people we love that have passed away, they are aspects of these same energies. So you, yeah. So you might look at it 
and you might think, oh, that was so-and-so or so-and-so, but it's actually an ancestor like, how can I get this motherfucker attention? Oh, okay, let me be X, Y, Z. But I just wanted to say that to say as a tip to anybody, you know, work with your ancestors. And the best thing I can say is, man, I've had incre- – and this is the first time I've tried this in terms of just talking to them, having a running conversation. And at this point, three weeks in, four weeks in, it's not like I'm imagining nothing. I can say something, and I hear my daddy say something back. I can say something, and I know it's my mom says. It's not me imagining what they would say, you know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all I wanted to say. But see, okay, for one, in that moment, your son was acting as a portal, and that shit got me emotional because that was beautiful, by the way. That was a beautiful story. But, um, but why are we not supposed to work with deities? Like, no, what, what was that about? It's not that you're supposed to work with deities. And, and I'm going to be honest. This is not my rule. This is something I've yeah. heard repeated constantly. They always, I say they, and that, that's, that right there makes it bogus. But it's always yeah. been said that it's always been said that you work with your ancestors first before you work with deities. So the statement I made is for somebody fresh in, haven't done nothing, okay. and and they want to work straight with ISIS. No, what you do is you work with a deceased relative first, and then you move to ISIS. But I I I, I, I got back you. That statement up. I want to back it up and say this. Initially. Uh, Yimaya came in terms of deities. Yimaya came through for me first, but I didn't recognize it. I mean, I did, but I, you know, I say this: I woke up about three, four mornings in a row with the name Yimaya on my lips. Now, this was about this is some years ago. At the time, I didn't have no idea who Yimaya was, so I, I just was tripping like, man, that's a weird name. Sounds Swahili, you know. And I didn't pay too much attention. Well, let's say that was six years ago. A few more years went by, and Sir Kent came through. But at this point, I was sharp enough to do my research. But mm-hmm. the point is, the point is, I was working with Sir Kent, and you know what I'm saying. And even though I was giving pouring libations out for my ancestors, I wasn't too concerned about working with ancestors first. And the thing about that is. Ancestors ground you, deities elevate you. I mean, that's my understanding of it. But you know whole, what? That thing, I, that makes sense. Sorry, that makes sense. Okay, but that's the whole point: is that you work with you work with ancestors first, and then you move on to deities. So, I, for me, it makes perfect sense. And then, even though I, I set up me an ancestor altar, I had me a deity altar. You know, I went, I, I bagged it up and went to the stages. I can honestly say that uh, these last few weeks, this is the strongest that my ancestors have came through. You know, my mom passed away in 99. My pops passed away in 08. Even though I've had other, other revelations, you know, my mom is a fairy right now, you know, and, and I've, I've had other revelations in, in the between time but I can honestly say that this is the strongest I've had in terms of back-and-forth communication. And for me, it, it, it came about because I was having a running dialogue. I was constantly talking to them. And I, I was just doing this as an experiment to stop my negative, talk, my negative self-talk. 
when you said that ancestors ground you, and then I forgot what you said about deities, that stuck out to me because, I mean, I, I am not as connected to family just in general, you know what I mean? So, like, in terms of ancestors, I'd, I'd have to really start searching for some folks. You know, all the people that I'm really close to are still alive, except for, like, a few people. So, with me, my work just kind of went straight into working with deities, and it was people that was coming, people. It was energies that was coming to me. Um, but what I think you made me realize by saying that ancestors ground you is that if I look at it in terms of chakras, ancestors kind of help you work with that, with the lower shit, you know what I mean? And then the deities might be more yep. of the crown. And so if you, so you become top heavy, you know what I mean, if you're working with straight deities all the time as opposed to working your way up that ladder. Because I could definitely yep. say like me, I'm like, I'm straight top heavy crown energy, you know what I mean? It's very, very spiritual, but I got to get my material shit in check. And they stay like, the spirits stay telling me like, you need to work on that material. Khadija Samadhi even told me I had to work on that. So you just gave me a little breakthrough right there with that. No, that, that, that's what it is. That's, that, for me, for me, that's what it was. It was in terms of, you know, you, you want to go, you know, most people start, they want to open their third eye. I'm going to open my third eye. But when, when in reality, you walk your way up that ladder, you know. Yeah. And so, and it so, just yes, depends in so many cases, though. Because, like, you got a whole lot of people in Mexico, like, for instance, in Topico, where Santa Muerte is, like, that's where the capital of her, they don't do much. And they may do some ancestor work, but a lot of them go right into, you know, a lot of that goes from, like, Catholic, uh, Catholicism over there. And then they jump right into, like, you know, the death version of it. So I would just say it depends on whatever resonates with you. Because... Now, I've seen results in both ways. I don't want you know what I say, you know, Gene? It just depends. Yeah. You know what I say, Gene? What we don't realize is that uh, Shannon touched on it earlier, and even now, Gene, what we don't realize is that we are the guys. You know, right. um, when, when my mother passed away, when my father passed away, I've had, I've had other loved ones pass away, and I, I've, I've channeled them, and I realized that they were they were representing d- different aspects of of different deities in the physical. So the instinct is to jump to a deity, but, but in reality, our ancestors represent different aspects of different of different deities. You know, so yeah. so we find ourselves. You might jump straight to a deity because, like I was saying earlier in the show. Your great mother's going to reveal herself to you. Now, now Samuel Aoyor, he recommends that you, you once you recognize your great mother, you use her to raise your kundalini. Well, I kind of did it backwards, you know. I didn't do it, not, not backwards. I didn't do it according to what he suggested. But what you realize is that uh, I think Bobby Hemmings said it. Bobby Hemmings said when his mom passed away, he realized she was Kwan Yin. And he could work mm, with his yeah. moms through that Quan through that Quan Yin energy. So we find out that different people in our lives, different ancestors directly related to us, and if we're all God, if we're all Titans, then our loved ones who pass away in their lifetime, they represented that energy. You know, like for me, my pops was a big man. He was like six five, big dude. 
But by the time he passed away, he was emaciated. He was sucked up. He had cancer. And so when, um, for me, Papa Legba would come through and, and would fuck with me constantly. And it took me a while to realize, man, they say nobody but my daddy trying to get my attention. Because at the time, I was working strictly with deities. I mean, I would pour out libations for ancestors. I would do all that. But I was working with deities. But once I made the connection and I said, man, let me work with my ancestors. And I'll be honest. Once I started working with my ancestors, I started getting names of relatives that I never knew. You know, mm-hmm. I had one relative. I had one. I had one relative come through, and her name was uh, Lucy. So she came through so much that I started asking my older relatives, "Do I got an auntie Lucy?" And they was like, "Nah, we don't got nobody named Lucy." But then one of my aunts told me, "Well." We, cause, let, me, let me back it up. I was on my Tommy for Martin ritual heavy. My Tommy for Martin ritual was I don't need no job. I attract currency. You know, it was all about money. Well, I had a, 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 a dream, and she said her name was Lucy. She was my auntie, and she told me, I'll make you rich, but you got to promise me that once you get rich, you change up on all these motherfuckers. Fuck everybody. Look, she was going in. So at first I thought it was funny. I laughed at it. But then she came through about three nights in a row. So I asked my mother's sister, because uh, it was obvious. I forget the clues that I had, but it was obvious that it was this was my mother's side of the family and not my father's side. So I asked my aunt. Mm-hmm. Do I, have, do, do I have an auntie named Lucy? First thing she said was, no. No, ain't no auntie Lucy. But then she said, wait a second. We do have an auntie Lucinda that owned a gas station back in the 70s. And she was a revolutionary woman. She was, a you know, in the 70s, she had her own gas station. She hired my daddy's side of the family to be her mechanics because back then, when you pull to the gas station, people pump your gas for you. So everybody talks mm-hmm. about Auntie Lucinda. So she was telling me, <laughs> and I realized, oh, shit, that was her. So, so the benefit of working with your, your ancestors, working with death is you're going to get these revelations, and it's up to you to make the connections. What I did was this. I uh, uh, do my meditation. I spoke to all my ancestors and told them, hey, I'm going to do a family tree. I'm going to reveal all of y'all, so reveal yourself to me. And I want to say this. It was Judica Illis's book, The Encyclopedia of, of Spirits, Demons, Ghouls, and Goblins, and Goddesses. And that book, in the first 100 pages, she, she basically detailed how you work with ancestors and set up mm-hmm. altars and a whole lot of stuff. Well, I incorporated some of, what, and some of what she said was if you make a promise to a deity or ancestor, you know, follow through. And, Gene, you spoke on that. You made promises to Santa Muerte, you didn't come through, and you experienced negative polarity. So for me, Oh, man, I that was the worst, like, month of my life. Hey, you said a month? So it was here. a whole month? Uh, I'm exaggerating. It wasn't the worst month, but it was the worst month for a bunch of animals. 
uh, I made a pact with her, and I did a. Uh, I asked for money, and I got it, and I didn't hold my end of the bargain. So what it was, it was petty. It was something like I was experimenting. So I was like, I want to get like, it was like twenty five hundred within the next couple of weeks uh, on this. You know, I started a business, and I wanted to see it come through. And man, the money came through. And I said, like, I was going to start small. So I said, I was going to give up fast food completely. Um, I gave up fast food. And then one of the people I work with ended up buying food for everybody. And I ate fast food. And then I just kind of like kicked back on the eating fast food. Mm-hmm. So for the next couple of weeks, it started when I hit my truck. I ran into a deer and killed this deer. And that same day when I hit the deer, <laughs> on the way to the house that I was on the way to, I killed the raccoon. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I had birds fly right into my work vehicle when I was driving to work. My wife and I were at a restaurant in uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Wild Wings, and we were sitting outside and it was like a patio and this bird came and his neck broke right at the window and we were sitting right against this window and it happened <laughs> right in front of us like boom this bird and it all happened within just a few days uh probably wow. within a span of i'd say uh at a maximum three weeks but it probably was closer to like within 10 days and uh let's see squirrels raccoons all kind of stuff i was just like a mag killing all these animals yeah yeah and uh talked to a lady that was on the show with us a year ago now i asked her you know have you ever experienced anything like this and she was like absolutely not i don't know what you've gotten yourself into and i found out later on that's what it was but you make a pack with it you keep it because this it's nothing to play with at all you know you're going to deal with these energies like i said she's death she's everywhere so i never felt harmed but I definitely know that she let me know that wasn't right. And it was a lesson because if I make a pact with her moving forward, I stick to it no matter what. You know what, Gene? I'll say this, and, 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 and this is coming from Judica Ellis's book. Uh, what, I, what I generally do, what you I generally you. do. Hello? 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 Uh, what I what I generally do, if I make any agreement with a God, any any entity, any yeah. energy, I always make it a point yeah. to say my my agreement, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna tell everybody about you. I'm gonna talk to my kids about you. Anybody that bring up anything, I'm gonna talk. I'm a, I'm a because if you go back to those uh those Titan movies, I'm talking about uh. Uh, the ones with Sam Worthington. Remember when yeah. he said, don't pray to the God. Clash the Titans, yeah. Clash the Titans, yeah. So what I do is, see, these 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 Clash energies, the these energies that we call gods, most of them are just thought forms. The majority mm-hmm. are just thought forms. So a thought form, what's that? Yeah. I'm saying yeah, I, I thought forms. Thought forms exist off of attention. 
because where your attention goes, your energy flows. So whenever I make an agreement with an entity, it's always to say, hey, I'm going to bring more attention to you. I don't make no promises I can't keep. But what I can do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my mouth. So what I, what I, the promise I always make is I'm going to tell as many people as I can about you. If you do X, Y, Z for me, I'm going to tell as many people as I can about you. And what I realized is because I'm around a lot of kids, so what I realized was I'm not going to talk to grown-ups who got their mind made up. I talk to kids. So what I would do is I would get kids together and I would tell them stories and I would mention names and tell them about this and that, and that's how I could fulfill my pact without breaking it and being honest. You know what I'm saying? So what I learned was, and, and again, I got this out of Judica Illis's book. Mm-hmm. The first, like, 110 pages of her book is incredible. Mm-hmm. If you read, you know, she tell you how to set up altars, how to make offerings, uh, uh, what foods to cook, you know, how to deal with them. The first 100 pages, before she get in, gets into detailing the different deities, she tells you how to work with them. And I got that from her. And so what I always did was the only way to make a promise that you can keep is in keeping with who you are. You know what I'm saying? If you eat fast food, don't say you ain't going to eat no fast food because you're going to fuck around and break that. So what I said was what I always do is, yeah, what I always do is, hey, if you do X, Y, Z for me, I'm going to tell everybody about you. Matter of fact, I'm going I'm to tell everybody about you before you even do what you say you're going to do for it. So that, 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 that has proven to work out the best for me. You know what I'm saying? But Shannon has said earlier in the show, it's all about creativity. So, you know what I'm saying, fuck what you read in the book. If an idea hits you, you got to run with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You have to. You know what I'm saying? And even if, like we were just saying, even if you find yourself working with deities more than ancestors, Make that connection so you know that if you're fucking with Shiva, you fucking with, I'm fucking with my Uncle Rob. And so that way those two are combined and, and you get that energy nonetheless. That's the best I can say. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I get, I get the what, energy nonetheless, but it's just like I don't know my family. You know what I mean? Like my, I don't know folks. I know that the generation right before me and that's it. You know what I mean? And I know my grandmother who died and, like, two other people. So people who might have an entire, like, just a shit ton of, of ancestors to work with, I ain't got that. So well, it, was, you know it, you was, can it do? was never going to happen anyway. What? Try to find as many obituaries as you can. I know that's easier mm-hmm. said than done. But sometimes you never know going through old boxes, reading a little bit about the person. My ancestor altar is covered with obituaries. And that helps out a lot because then you get to read a little bit about the person if you ever go through them. And half the mm. uh, people on my ancestor altar are obituaries I found in my grandmother's attic. People that I've met like when I was a kid. But you can read about them. They're your family. There's a connection there already. And people tend to keep obituaries for whatever reason. So you never know. I would say try to go that route. Maybe. Maybe my, my family, they on my mom's side, they're... Um they're from this country, right? And on my dad's side, they're from the Caribbean. So that whole side of the family, like, unless I go to the Caribbean, I'm not, you know what I mean? Um, I but see. my mom's side of the family, they, huh? Oh, 
my mom's side of the family, um, they got a Facebook group, you know what I mean, and, and we try to get together, you know, with reunions. So what I did do was I went into that Facebook group, and whenever somebody would post a picture, even if I didn't know who it was, I just I swiped it, you know what I mean, and I got a fucking Pinterest board, <laughs> and I call it my ancestor board, where I just got a bunch of pictures that are going to go up on my altar of family members that I might not know, but I know that you're my kin, and that's enough. So in that sense, I'm working yeah. on it, but, you know, until I can really, really flesh that out, it's just, it's deity. You know what, though? I'll say this to you. What, what I found out was any living, any living relative, you go to them, you talk to them, you ask questions, because even if when you first start talking, they'll say, well, I don't know much about your daddy's side. Once you get to talking to them, they could, memories are going to spark because sometimes you might not have a connection to that ancestor, but she does. So as you get to talking, she might say, well, you know what? Your dad did have a cousin named Henry. And the only thing I remember about Henry, he loved peanut brittle and grape Kool-Aid. And that's your key. So from uh, there, yeah. Good one. from there, you get you some grape Kool-Aid, you get you some peanut brittle, and you offer it to Uncle Henry. So the point I'm making is uh, the best results I got from working with ancestors, even the ones I didn't know, what I did was anybody that was living, any aunties, any cousins, any great cousins, if they was living, I made the time to talk to them, to text them, and say, hey, tell me some stories about my family. And they would mention names. They would tell you this and that. But you, 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 get, you get creative. That's the bottom line. Because even if you, even if you don't know who your great-grandmother was on your father's side, you start looking through pictures, go on Instagram, go on Pinterest, uh, type in something, elderly black women. And you look through, you look through. If one of those pictures stand out, I've done this and I've gotten results. If you see a picture that stands out, you tell yourself, this is my great-grandma. I don't care if it's Betty Boop. You get it? You say, this is my no, father's grandma. I feel grandma. you. I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done that because what you'll find is that, like I'll say this in the actual, actual reference, my great-grandmother looks just like Harriet Tubman, just like her. And that's what gave me the idea. So if I didn't know a relative, I would look for images, and when an image hit me, I would say, that's them. And I have, a, I have a Pinterest account, and I use Pinterest just for that reason. Matter of fact, my, I have twin girls, and when I gave them access to my Pinterest account, I had all kind of boards about prom dresses, uh, Halloween <laughs> costumes, uh, mukbang, ASMR. So I had to tell my, I had to tell my daughters, no, you need to start your own Pinterest account because this one is dedicated to my gnosis. I didn't tell them that, but I told them start your own because all the images I will pull up is related to the things I need to know about myself. So if I found an image of, a, of an elderly black man or some older, I would say, okay, that's my great uncle because you can make that connection. And, and keeping it real, while we're talking about death, everybody, everybody on this planet ain't nothing but recycled material, ashes mm-hmm. to ashes, dust to dust. So that's why, that's why the conspiracy people can show a picture 
of some motherfucker from the 1930s that looked like Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. all recycle material. It's all recycled material. So I would just say because I'm kind of in the position you are. When I say that, even though I have a lot of living relatives, I don't fuck with them. So mm-hmm. when I do get with them, sometimes I be like, man, I don't feel like hearing all the bullshit. So what I do is I go in, I make I make a connection between the image, and I work with that image, and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at what comes through. I mean, and I would dare say that you you work with whoever you already got access to, and then you tell them, bring the others. You know what I mean? Like, I could see yeah. that happening. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not that I feel cut off from them. Um, it's just I realize I got to, like you said, I got to be creative and use other means. Um, but really, it's just I work with energy in general, you know? Well, you already know, like oh, yeah. you said, you know, part of you from the Caribbean, you could definitely do your altar up with that too. You know what I'm saying? You could utilize mm-hmm. that, those things as well. But I've, like I said, I've seen people go both ways. I've seen people jump right into deity and then get into altars, uh, ancestor altars later. And it just really depends on what resonates with you and, and how you uh, work with, you know, those energies. Because it, everybody's still not going to get the same results. You know what I'm saying? Some people mm-hmm. might be more comfortable jumping right into deity. And that's okay. It depended on what it, whatever led you to work with you know what I'm saying, spirit in general. So if deity was what got you involved into the spiritual world, then go for it. If uh, ancestors, if you start off with that, that's cool too. I've seen it go both ways. But I can say that it does seem like when you start with your ancestors, you have a chance to, or you have a solid ground. You have a solid foundation, like Mike said. It's it's just something that uh, once you make up your mind to work with them, you don't gotta know them. You don't have to. They they'll come through, and uh, there's really no there's really no wrong recipe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, who are we talking about? We talking about deities or or ancestors? You ain't gotta know them. For me, for me, I'll be honest. Deities and ancestors are one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really are because. Because I found out, like I said, once I realized uh, that, and even, I'll say this, even the family you choose, because we all have uh, uh, maybe a one homeboy, one homegirl, maybe everybody from the hood that we love more than our blood family. Yeah. Uh, once, I came, once I came to the understanding that I chose to reincarnate into my family, but there's other people that, You've spent countless reincarnations associating with, and y'all agreed to say, hey, we're going to meet up in motherfucking 1985 in whatever area. So once I found out that, once I, once I came to an understanding, I, okay, I'll say this real quick. I had a real good friend that passed away. We had been friends for decades. He raised me. My physical father was never around, but my one homeboy, he was about seven years older than me. He gave me all my man game. Everything, anything, anything I consider to be grown up and man game, he gave it to me. Well, when he passed, I went into meditation, and I realized that, oh, shit, 
because it was, okay, before I say what I realized in meditation, it was something he would always say to me because, mind you, he's only seven years older than me. But he, we were so close that he would say to me, man, you like my son to me. And that would piss me off because I'm like, man, you ain't my daddy. What the fuck you talking about? You ain't my daddy. But when he passed away, I finally came to the realization that, man, this nigga was my daddy in another life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And while I was focused on this life and saying, man, my daddy was never around. I don't, I don't know my daddy like that. Man, I had my one of my dads in my life, and he raised me. And he did a good job. So I just had to say that everybody's family, especially if you're black, you got somebody that's your cousin or your auntie that's no relation to you. You know what I'm saying? Those people are actually your ancestors. My grandfather that I poured libation to, I, I poured libation to him before I got on his line. He's not my biological grandfather. We have no biological ties, but I poured libation to him. I talked to him. So I'm just sad to say that even if you don't know your physical relatives, the people we chose to be around and to love, they qualify as ancestors. And when they pass, you pour libation, you talk to them because it's all recycled material. Basically, if any if you die and I knew you, you you part of the squad. Yep. Yep. That's it. Celebrities too. You know what I mean? Like whoever. Yep. No, I agree. So with the show being about holy death, like it was that were we trying to focus primarily on ancestors? Is is was that the um the angle that we was taking? No. Not necessarily. The show could have gone anywhere we wanted it to go, really. The topic oh. was the holy death because that's what we did a year ago when we started the show. But it was really whatever. We touched on uh, a few other things, too, but it all kind of centered around death, the holy death, the connection with, you know, those kind of energies, those types of energies. We could touch anything else. I mean, I'm... It doesn't really matter. We don't have to necessarily stay on the holy death. Is there something else you wanted to uh, go on or? No, no. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out because um, I because I I'm not really. I wasn't really talking about the ancestors, but we kept bringing it back to that. So I was like, oh, then it just kind of clicked. Like, oh, maybe we're doing this because the show is about death. Duh. But you just said, nah, not so much. So. Nah, you so, know what? This is this is all spirit. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how y'all taking it, but it's all spirit. We're talking about Santa Muerte, and for some reason, the topic keeps going back to ancestors. So I, I think it's all related. I really well, do. Mike, I, you I, remember I, the movie that you had me watch? Uh, what was it called? Coco? Was it Coco? Oh, God. Coco, yeah. yeah. That wasn't the lady's, the, the character's name, like La Santa Muerte or something like that. That whole movie was I, I about think, that. The whole movie. And, See, and, in Mexico, and, and they the have the Day of the Death, man. Like, that's like a huge festival that still goes on. And it happens not, it's right around Halloween, but it's not on Halloween. It's right day after, after, like, the, it's the day after. So it's like the, mm -hmm. what, the solstice, the, well, what's it called? Well, see, no, uh, actually, day. actually, actually, Halloween, Halloween Day is the Day of the Dead. 
the day after Halloween, which is November first, is the day of the yeah, saints. Thanks. Thanks, so it's, it's 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 all connected because like we just saying, our ancestors are the saints. They are the angels. They are the gods. They are the types. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it all does tie into uh, everything. So that is dope. But I had to wrap it up. I got I I got to be up in the morning early, and I didn't. When I planned the show, this is the only free time that I really had. Well, I enjoyed well, hey, I, coming through. I did. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. It was good to get everybody back on. I'm still working on building our own platform amongst the other dozen things that I have going on. But uh, we can definitely do this again. We were supposed to have chaos on here, but he hasn't emailed me back. He told me he had to work. But we'll get him another time. Uh, well, Mike. I'll come back if you ever invite me, bro, because I enjoyed myself. So, oh no problem, definitely. Thank you for uh, coming on to the show. Is there anything that you would like to say, or uh, would you like to promote yourself as far as your readings or anything like that? You're more than welcome to tell the people how to get a hold of you. Uh, next the next show. I I'm, I'm still going through my my death right now. I'm going through my transition, so I'm not really too keen on doing any readings for anybody even though I did one for you the other day but that's just for people that I love <laughs> no problem no problem much appreciated um Ajin anything you want to say or put anything out there nah man I'm I'm I'm, I'm about to just go find me some food and watch this game of thrones I want to watch it too. Yeah, I'll fly early in the morning. Yeah, yeah I'll fly back tomorrow. Yeah, I'll fly back early in the morning. So I'm, I'm, I'm man down tonight. So we'll have a safe flight, no doubt, man. Uh, Mike, is there anything that uh you want to say or tell people how to get a hold of you? I mean, you know, uh, uh, this I would say Facebook, but the same day they banned Farrakhan, they banned me. You know. Uh, right now, right now, <laughs> no, for real, for real. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm serious. The same day they banned Farrakhan, they told me that, uh, I guess I, I made some anti Semitic remarks and I'm on timeout. <laughs> but, uh, oh, shit. The only that was the funniest message I, I got. Hey, I, I felt kind of good. I felt kind of good because I said, hey, at least I'm in good company. But, uh, um, if you want to catch hey. me on Instagram, it's I am who I think I am. I have a second. I have a backup page on Instagram. It's uh, Kabbalah Elohim. Um, if anybody got any questions they want to ask, it's uh, Michael K. Bell at Yahoo.com. Um, I enjoyed the show. I'm glad we back on. And uh, that's about all I got to say. Were you trying to say something, Jen? Nah, you know, I was I was about to mess with Mike. Speaking of your anti-Semitic remarks, did you ever see Black Klansman yet? The Spike Lee movie? Nah, I haven't. I haven't. Should I watch it? Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, watch yeah. that shit. Yo, watch that shit. You're going to laugh your ass off, too. <laughs> yo, watch that shit. Yo. I will. I watched that lately, shit today, yo. Watch that shit. <laughs> hey, lately, lately, all I've been doing on Instagram is Whenever somebody say something stupid, I just offer them up to Baphomet and, you know, 
If they respond, I respond. They respond, I respond. And I've been enjoying the fuck. For me, though, that's my version of uh, vampiric magic, you know. I just feed off the energy, and I, I say the craziest shit possible. But even though it's crazy, man, hey, I still enjoy it. And, and, and uh, the, the, the energies I'm fucking with, they know where I'm at. But, yeah, I'm going to watch Black, Black Klansman as soon as possible. Hopefully it's not. Got it. Oh, All right. Well, it was good talking to everybody. Uh, y'all have a good rest of Cinco de Mayo, and I will get with all of you later. Bye. All right. All right. You guys. All right. Peace. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.